Hey, party people, I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany. And you're listening to Chai Tea Party. We are a podcast that recognizes the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the Desi community. We may talk about a controversial topic, but in no way are we trying to be disrespectful. The views of Chai Tea Party may not always reflect the views of the guests we interview. We like to create a safe space with all of our guests and our listeners. Enjoy this episode! Okay, cool. So, welcome to the podcast, you guys. We're officially recording. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. Thanks for coming on. So, um, something that we usually like to start with is where are you guys from and, um, like, born and raised? And how did you first learn about your South Asian identity? And did where you come from, do you think, shape that identity for you? Dushar, you want to answer first? I'll go first. I was uh, born in State College, Pennsylvania. My father was a professor at Penn State. And then I did most of my growing up in Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, the deep south. My identity was right in my face due to the brown nature of my skin. Very early on. Like, third, fourth, fifth grade, I would be asked, like, what are you? What type of Indian are you? Where are you from? What are you, why are you eating that for lunch? Did you get mistaken for Hispanic at all? No, we didn't have any Hispanics there. I got mistaken for Native American because those people are really dumb in general. (laughs) Never Hispanic, though. Interesting. How long were you living in Alabama for? Third grade on to high school. I left. Wow. Oh, wow. Casey, what about you? Yes. I grew. I didn't grow up around what have that issue of what are you. Mm-hmm. I just was. So uh, to me, like I didn't see like like I had white teachers, but you know they weren't allowed to ask what am I. So it's mm-hmm. I just kind of was. And like um, I remember when I was like thirteen or fourteen, when I was in junior high, we had like a white student, and that because I didn't. Like, I knew they were around because I had TV, but I didn't think that they lived in Queens. Mm. Queens was, like, kind of weird to me. Like, why would you be here? This is all, this is where everybody else lives. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really, I think, like, around junior high, I started to see how, like, race started to be involved in things. And it was perplexing to me. Like, I didn't, I didn't think people were racist, you know? Like, I thought that everyone was just, you know, we're all in Queens. We're all, we've all to end up here. And this is where we are now. So um, I think when I got older, I started to realize, uh, like high school, I started to realize how uh, race was like an issue. And then like, I guess my skin was an issue. But before that, I was living in a blissful ignorance. And I would realistically love to go back there if I could. (laughs) That's interesting that you guys have really different um, perspectives from growing up then. So how do you like it's really different when you're coming from a background that has a lot of diversity versus one that doesn't and when you have to first mm-hmm. identify that like 
okay, wow, yeah, race is a thing um, that people have very strong feelings about. So how do you navigate that as you're growing up, trying to learn about your own culture, plus then also these other outside factors that play into like who you're becoming as a young person? I think that I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. What happened was when I was dating this, uh, I was dating a Korean girl in high school and we went to the same junior high school and I was always kind of uh, puzzled as to why there were certain girls that wouldn't go out with me. And she'd explained to me, she was like, because you weren't white enough for them, like your skin color. Oh, okay. That's what they were wanted. Mm. Yeah. Like my personality, I guess, was white. I don't, I don't know. I don't really... You know, it's weird to be, um, it's weird that's something I have to, I think about a lot, but, um, so she kind of explained that to me, and I realized that people are, um, you know, that they have that racial tendency that they're, you know, that they learned from their parents, and uh, so she kind of explained that to me, but to me, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's just shitty behavior, I don't understand why somebody would act like that, and she was, like, also perplexed by it, she's like, yeah, people are animals, people are shitty, yeah. you gotta realize that, and I was like, oh, and, you know, I learned a lot of, I think a lot of my knowledge comes from the people I date. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Just like as a general rule of thumb, I think that makes sense. Um, right. And I just seem to be very lucky that uh, everyone that I've dated is uh, a lot, lot smarter than I am. So <laughs> there's a lot of lessons <laughs> to be learned. That's always a good thing. Pushar, what about you? Uh, well, I also, I was also a really along with being one of the few Indian people in my all my classes growing up, I was also pretty fat. So I don't know if my isolation was due to my skin color or just, you know, fat people, <laughs> fat people are kind of isolated in society. Why are we lying? You know it's both. Let's oh. not... <laughs> both. We're going to have to choose. It's a great combination of two. I mean, why the race when you have their obesity to deal with? No. <laughs> so, um, I actually used my my race ended up becoming a um, like I would be at, like my high school was like me and like six like you know seven or eight straight up good old boys from the south, <laughs> and I would be like the token Indian friend, and they'd call me their Indian friend, and for dinner they'd have me over, and they'd be like. Oh, oh, honey, you bringing your Indian friend over for supper? Like so, it was like a, it was fun, I guess. I mean, I don't know. What is it with like? I, I mean, I grew up like we both of us grew up in Michigan, and I don't know why, but I've never heard anybody besides a white person say the word supper. Yeah, what supper's is supper? like it's dinner for yeah. white people, but early like it's like five p.m. Yeah, it's so early, like. I used to think it was so weird that everyone ate that early because my family ate at like eight thirty nine o'clock. Yeah. I think most Indian families eat around nine o'clock, which is like insanely late. It's so it's late. insane to be eating dinner. Yeah, it's super unhealthy. Like Indian people yeah. have a really bad culture of just eating a sh- like seven pounds of rice and going right to sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or a lot of fried food and cheese. You do to your body. Yeah, right. and like everything well, because is doused a lot of them are oil. vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, vegetarian. Like, it's healthy. No. Mm-hmm. That's a whole All about other... supper now. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> podcast, like how Indian people don't know what health is. Just like yeah. No, that's understandable. Uh cool. So then when you guys were in high school or like just on the come up of adulthood, 
um, what did you guys want to be? Did you know you wanted to get into comedy or did you like want to be writers or where, where did you see yourselves at that age? I was you sure you want to take the, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was pretty oblivious to the world. I was just like a fat, jolly kid just having a good time and kind of just kind of pretty much being told what to do. So like, Oh, I'm going to go to engineering school. Okay. I guess I'm doing that. I almost treated it like it was just a, another set. Like I didn't give much deep thought to what I wanted to actually be. Mm-hmm. That didn't come on till later, pretty much post college or the very end of college. Oh, wow. So um, you like did the whole engineering courses and everything up until then. Yeah, I got engineering, then I got my MBA. You know, the path for a comic. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Okay, cool. Uh, um, I wanted to be a writer in high school. I wanted to be a journalist. Um, my English teacher kind of steered me. She was like, your ability to write is, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You should pursue it in a way. And I was like, all right, cool, I'll do this. And against uh, all the traditional paths, I didn't, I didn't even want to go to college. To be honest, I kind of mm. just go an obstacle for my parents able to get me there. Uh, I chose to be. At that point, they were like, well, you know, the fact that he's there is just good enough. Mm-hmm. So um, and then I, I wanted to be a journalist um, in high school. I started my own paper and it was like an underground paper. Everyone had um, everyone had like um, pseudonyms. I guess that's the right word. Yeah, I don't yeah. Like uh, so we would write. Yeah, we would. Yeah, pen names, and you know we had people. We had teachers writing for us under pen names as well. Wow. And at one point, um, the principal had like threatened to have me expelled because he wanted me to stop writing the paper, and I was oh. just denying that I was part of any of it. Oh, and wow. he was like, "I know it's you," and I go, "Well, you can't. What are you gonna do?" So when I went to college, I was there was a paper there that was like an underground newspaper. They had recruited me because I started my own paper in which I posted uh, and blow them up to like three by five feet and post school criticizing the school for the things that it had um, you know that it had failed to provide students or you know fa- or a campus life in general paper wow, found me <laughs> yeah well pissing people off is always my cup of tea <laughs> which is why you're a comedian yeah makes sense. Ex- ex- Right. I don't think I wanted to be a comic. I didn't want to be a comic until much later. Okay. Heckler, if anything. <laughs> so the worst kind of person in the world. Um, right. Exactly. And then this uh, renegade paper, like this underground paper, they recruited me and made me their editorial editor and by fresh editor in chief. And then I'd start to the like sort of the blinders had come off, and I'd realized that they were a very conservative paper when they brought an anti-abortion group to our school, I was like, oh, oh, no, no, I don't stand for any of this. They brought and, them uh, themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I was more along the lines of, like, the editorials they would write and how, you know, a lot of them were criticizing campus life and school life in general and politics, um, you know, the politics of the school. But once I started to see their political leanings and where their funding was coming from, as I rose through the ranks, I realized that this is not part of the group I wanted to be part of. And ended up working. I took a, I know uh, my goal was to not come back to the paper. I took a radio internship at a conservative radio station. Well, actually the biggest Republican radio station in the United States. Wow. 
Um, so when I work there, it was just all things were starting to reveal. Like these are not the kind of people that I want to uh, deal with. Um, also, the station, like my political opinions were starting to form, mm-hmm. and I think that in some ways I was a very uh, for not realizing how you know politics has a huge uh, effect on every. Uh, during, so then I, I kind of went different ways with them. Um, I think like end of college, I started to do a couple of open mics and doing it. And I took a con, um, in New York city. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't think I really want to do this. And then at 25, after jumping around doing different things, uh, some of them humor based, some of them not, um, I decided, let me give stand up a try. Interesting. Wow. So. Did anyone like kind of push you in that direction? Like, like you said that your teacher thought that you should pursue writing because you're a good writer. Like, did anyone say like, "Hey, have you tried looking into comedy? Like, there's a stand-up, there's an open mic here. Like, you should try it out." Um, or do you just seek it out? My freshman, like, still one of my best friends. He he was like, "You should be doing stand-up." And mm-hmm. when I did it, like the girl that I was dating, the same girl that I was dating in high school, we dated oh. through college. She mm-hmm. was like, she bought me a comedy class. Oh, oh. nice. Yeah, and then, um, so then after college, when I just was, like, meandering around, my same friend was like, you know, if you actually took comedy seriously, you'd actually be able to do something with it instead of just wasting your your life. All this fucking around has led you to nowhere. And um, then I started to take comedy. You know, I went to an open mic, and I bombed horribly, and then at that point, I just, I never stopped getting up. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. Tajar, what about you? What changed, and, like, what really pushed you into doing comedy from engineering um just general unhappiness with uh school (laughs) (laughs) like i didn't ever really give a shit all through my mba it was really weird how i did everything but i (laughs) um but i i would uh i would be growing up like i was kind of infatuated with stand up like i and just comedy albums and stuff so i would have like um, like Adam Sandler's They're All Gonna Laugh at Me album. Like, I listened to that on my eighth grade birthday party, made everyone listen to it, stuff like that. So I kind of get completely engulfed in the world of just, like, being a consumer, and then I had what I liked and what I didn't like. I never once thought I could actually even try it or do it. I started a, a blog at the beginning of college, Hang on. <laughs> Can you repeat all of that? Because I think Casey was, I don't know what Casey, you were doing. opening a bag of chips. Yeah, and like. I'm sorry, that was, I'm really papers. sorry about that. I don't know how you guys caught me on that. By it was very, we very apparent. Yeah. It sounded like you threw your, your phone in a, like a forest. Yeah, no, that <laughs> was true. Uh, anyways, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I was just kind of. You know, from pretty much eighth grade on, I would any comedy that I can get my eyes and ears on, I would kind of listen to it and watch it. Uh, I'm just kind of infatuated with the, like the laughter. Like you don't hear that type of laughter on a consistent basis on any type of other programming. I feel like, and so I was just like, I just love the idea of it. And then eventually, uh, I started writing a blog. Um, and I wrote this one article about how it was called Weeby Clubbing. It was about Indians who go to a club and like 
it's always the same. Like there's like 15 guys and one girl and they all hooked up with that same girl. And then they <laughs> go to a, a, a club and they, you know, they're too young to get in, but they get in anyways and they get really drunk. And there's always a, a fight breaks out with like 15 midgets named Neil jump out of the panels and fight each other. And then they, <laughs> they get kicked out. And it was just like this article. And I put it out in the world and I ended up getting forwards of that, of that, article from people that i didn't even know like hey check this art thing out like three months ago oh my gosh that was the first time i was like oh that's kind of okay i'm yeah that's something interesting about that it's like writing something <laughs> on like internet really happened um and then my first several shows were very in sad isolation like i tried out for the volley show host position Mm-hmm. Um, miserably I did a like a open mic in Alabama like a talent show where the first three four people were like white dudes with a guitar singing about Jesus so I died there <laughs> um, I did like a democratic fundraiser for John Kerry when he was against George Bush uh-huh. and that was my first one like actually like I had like really really stupid basic uh, jokes about George Bush it was my first real laugh and I was like this is the thing with stand-up, like, when, even when you bomb, like, it's such an exhilarating experience that it's, like, a heightened sense of whatever. So I was kind of hooked. And then I moved to New York in 2005 open mics, and it was no one. People, my friends always knew that I liked it, and they gave me, like, books about stand-up and this, that. But I, the first several, like, couple of years was just going to open mics and really shitty ones in New York where you have to pay like five dollars to get five minutes and buy a drink damn um, and then eventually I just kind of stuck to it and you know random gigs would come in like I remember literally four months into stand me actually doing stand up I got I got book I got a gig book that I should I would die for it even now it was like several thousand dollars for 20 minutes <laughs> and I took it and I remember I just like imploded on stage because I that's hard to do you know I didn't have that much time um mm-hmm. but since then it's it's been kind of you know the more you do it the better it is and um but yeah that's my my origin story is very like in the darkness <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm also learning a lot about the char here and I feel like he's learning a lot about me <laughs> yeah this is a bonding experience for you guys before you get on stage again together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that your um, background and cultural identity plays into your stand-up? Do you think it shapes a lot of what you talk about or not so much? Casey, you want to take... Yeah, I think it does. Actually, I was thinking about, um, you know, the the American born Daisy comics and how we all come from very different backgrounds. Ushar and Akash were both raised in the South. And I think that they are very, there is like a Southern charm to both of them in different ways, <laughs> even though Akash is more, uh, I think biting. Um, but there is, and then Alingon is kind of like, he's from, the, I'm sorry. You said biting. He's uh he's, he's black. Well, no, it's not about like a race thing, but like I just think that there's like uh, a little more aggressive than Thushar. Uh Alingon is from Boston, and I feel like he comes from like 
childhood lifestyle or upbringing, which is great. And it adds a good perspective, a healthy perspective. But I think that growing up, um, you know, or, uh, for better or worse, hustlers. Mm. So that has a huge impact on how I do stand up. Like for me, it's for me, like one of my favorite things to do is to jump into audience interaction. Uh, if I can make fun of a lot of people. Uh, also, you know, like for me, I need to have like a pull at you in a, in a bit of a way. Like I like uh, a little more of a or undertones, like my stand up or undertone. It need, there needs to be some element of despair in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that has to do with growing up in Queens where you see a lot of your friends who don't and I mean, it's not like I grew up in a game, but like a lot of your friends don't end up doing much of their lives and, you know, and, you know, they just end up fucking off in a lot of ways. And you see, see like a lot of, uh, but let's bring this to light. And if we can make it funny. Wait, can you repeat that last line? Uh, let's bring this to light. And if we can no, make it funny. Well, the line before that. <laughs> Sorry. You repeat um, everything you just said. Yeah, can you like- <laughs> right. Everything. The last six minutes. Um. Okay, condense it down. Let's put it this way: Growing up in Flushing, you saw a lot. I saw a lot of my friends not make uh, much of themselves. So, to mm-hmm. me, if I don't add a bit of um, despair and reality into what I'm talking about, then I, you know it. Right. Um. Okay. <laughs> I, I swear it's funny too. <laughs> no, it's, you, keep, you keep cutting out. out for all of us. I think. <laughs> And it's just like the most important parts. <laughs> just so they don't want me to be heard. That's the problem. <laughs> it's the man. You caught us. Cutting you off. Yeah, it is. I'm sitting here on Wi-Fi in Nashville for fuck's sake. <laughs> and you said you didn't want to do video chat because it would fuck with the audio, but you're already fucking with the audio. So. I know, I know. And I don't know if you guys can just see my ear. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> What? <laughs> um, yeah, too take it away. <laughs> what are you? Um, the question was, do you think your background and your cultural identity influence the things that you talk about on stage? And um, just like your set in general, whatever you decide to talk about. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I went to, like, growing up every year for my father's so every year we would basically for summer break or because like we would go to India for several months, like two to three months at a time, like every year for like the first 10, 12 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So um, that coupled with me being in Alabama, I would, you know, I would have, I would feel slow and dumb in class because I would just learn Hindi during the summer mm-hmm. and then... <laughs> And then when I would, right when I figured out how to learn English, I would be off to India again. <laughs> so the two cultures were really much, um, you know, it kind of shaped me in a lot of ways. So, but I think, you know, in terms of my set, I, I have distinct chunks of like, I'm an Indian who grew up in Alabama, which I feel is relatively rare. Mm. And so I get to talk about the South from my perspective while technically being part of kind of the Indian side and kind of the American side. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't form a lot of my perspectives. 
I think um, a lot of white people's perspectives are kind of, uh, how do I put this without uh, offending your white audience members, which do you have any, by the way? Oh, no, absolutely not. That is a no. Yeah, so they're terrible monsters. And um... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, no, turn, just like basically. that Southern, like, I was attempt, like, people attempted to convert me all the time. Like, I would have to explain oh, yeah. my own culture. Like, it, it was, I don't I even think I would... that's exclusive to the South. I think that's just, like, a universal truth for pe- any person of color. Yeah, but not, like, the way it would, I mean, maybe, sure, I'm sure a lot of people went through it, but I'm sure... KC didn't go through people trying to convert him because he would tell them to fuck off because, you know, like, in the South, is a special Yeah, we used Um, to get people, like, in Michigan, we used to get people come to knock on our doors because they knew that we were, like, brown people and give us Bibles trying to convert us. Yeah, and you guys took it because you like free things. It's a free book. Free things because (laughs) I'm Gujarati and it's in my blood. And also because, like... (laughs) You don't want to piss off the white man when you're the only brown family in the entire county. Yeah. It's, like, not a good you're idea. Like, you can take the Bible. Little, little... Mm. Kitchen little thing. <laughs> sorry, we'll keep that. <laughs> I, you, cu- you cut off again. I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. It's a I, shitty joke. Oh. <laughs> we once had, um, <laughs> had Jehovah Witnesses in our apartment building. And oh. uh, they were going up into everyone's, you know, knocking on everyone's door. And I remember uh, my buddy had called me, and he was like, hey, they're Jehovah Witnesses. They're coming up. And I remember just holding the door open, waiting for them to come up. And I was like, you guys walked into the wrong building. Ain't no God here. <laughs> slammed the door on their faces. Ain't no God here. Yeah. It was because, like, we just didn't. We were just complete animals in our building. We didn't give a shit. And the fact that somebody would try to sell us on religion to us was stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Preach. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and we treated them as such. So. <laughs> well, okay. So, how did you guys meet um, uh, Akash and Alingon? Akash uh, and Alingon. So, Akash, Akash, okay. and myself, and another comic. Um, Akash for like seven, six, seven years. Um, okay. I just literally sent him a Facebook message like years ago like hey you're a comic with the last name Sane me too <laughs> <laughs> we kind of started you know becoming friends and then eventually you know about a year and a half ago I moved here uh, I was living in India for about seven eight months before that doing stand-up that's another set of questions I, I, I presume. but I, I moved here and um, we would meet up uh, at Whole Foods in Columbus Circle uh, <laughs> We, like, met up a few times, and then it became, like, the first time it was just with, a fr- like, a couple friends from out of town who were comics from, like, San Francisco or in L.A., and they came, and we were just, like, chatting, hanging out. And then Akash was like, this is cool. We should, like, do this as, like, a regular thing. And um, he was actually the real connection between Casey, Anga, and myself, where he, like, invited or basically had re- reoccurring writing sessions there where we just grab some food and then go around in a circle and ideas or premises and then we would go and like kind of workshop the jokes and then out of that grew this idea of like hey we should just do a show together um and so we ended up doing a show at the stress factory in new brunswick which was a really good show 
And then we did another one at Caroline's in mid-August. And so the ball kind of started and it's rolling. And we put, we all, as, as Casey said earlier, we all have, you know, we're all Indians born in America who do comedy, but we're all, we couldn't be more different. Our perspectives couldn't be more different. Respect how to put a show together and respect the production of it. And, um, you know, the marketing angle of like getting the seats filled and all this stuff. So the first few shows really kind of showed us how well we work together. And so, um, friends, so it makes it all the whole thing easier Mm -hmm. to work together in this sense. But, um, fundamentally we just, you know, like to put good shows together and it's, it's the idea for ABC kind of was born out of this thing of, you know, there's a lot of Indian comics in the last, last decade that have come out of like the Russell Peters boom, if you will. Yeah. And, um, you know, people go to, they can watch Russell Peters when they're in town. They can watch a couple other big headliners from India if they're in town, but there's no show in the tri-state area that is exclusively an Indian showcase show. And that's, that's wrong. <laughs> so we wanted to kind of address that. And we've been through versions of a name and the logo and the, how we branded and this and that, but we're at a good place now where we like, you know, whether our show, we get a, local you know we get other indian comics to host and do guest spots and uh the, the crowd so far have been like really receptive because it's not just one comic doing 45 it's like a nice variety of perspectives mm-hmm. and all that stuff just yeah. to be clear i did join the group last so <laughs> <laughs> i was curious when i went to the first writing meeting i was like you guys have been doing this for a few months and you haven't called me <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a way this all makes sense. What's up? I had to fill up spots. I almost feel like I'm just a placeholder. You're the best placeholder ever. You know, if we were doing this live and I was right next to you, you wouldn't be talking this kind of shit. (laughs) Yeah, the cool... So the cool thing is um, we had Alingan and Akash on the show... A while ago, um, this is right before you guys had done your American Born DC comics in August at Caroline's. Um, mm-hmm. We had a lot of Chai Tea Party listeners that actually went to the show, and they said mm-hmm. it was amazing. So that's always cool. Uh, and it turns out like that was the first all Indian show at Caroline's, right? Yes. That's awesome. And now you guys are being taken on um, during the New York Comedy Festival and doing a set there. And the date is November... November 12th on at 7.30. Yeah, okay. That's a Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And this is the first comedy festival has done an all-Indian lineup. Yeah. That's awesome. monumental. That is. That's fucking huge. Yeah. Are you guys Yeah, jazzed? congratulations, guys. Like. Thank you. Yeah, not, not ago, to on corn, but that, it's like a really... Well, and it's a pretty hard festival from know who are not not even indian but they want to try to get in it's a very hard thing. so we yeah, kind of proved the in. concept in august mm-hmm. and um hopefully we get to do it again and again and again yeah definitely that's awesome yeah we'll try and get a shout out to all of our um, chai tea party listeners make like posters and like just fangirl for these dudes so that they can do it again <laughs> at the last show uh a girl came up to me and I was like, hey, do you have a, a 
uh, girlfriend, like just point blank. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Next, now the this show next didn't... one, you're going to have like girls just throwing panties and stuff like you're fucking Adam Levine. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with Adam Levine? Hey, you said don't use last names, and here you go blowing off Levine. Well, he'll <laughs> be fine, guaranteed. And yeah, he's famous, but I'm sure there's like thousands of Adam Levines, like super right. Jewish first name, super Jewish last name. Like, I'm, <laughs> we might not even talk, be talking about the same one, guys. So. Yeah, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the seven foot. Never mind, this is going down. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, good cool. Try, good um, maybe we should transition now, Tiffany, to uh, this or that. Okay. Will you guys be coming to the show in November or no? Still? I will. I actually live in New York now, so I um, okay. I will be at the show in November. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Great. Awesome. I'm sorry. But I'll Wait, be at the next Huh? Um. <laughs> okay. okay, good. She's, Wait, what? She's stuck in Michigan right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, this is a part of the episode where we play a little this or that type game that we have brilliantly named this or that. The ones who never made it back home. See, we put it all on the line. Yeah, we did it all on our own. Hands up if you a lost boy. You ain't ever give a mother one. Keep them up, you a lost boy. We looking at the world like your time's up. So we have five rapid fire questions for both of you. Um, so take turns in answering them, but it's the same five for both of you. Um, and we will start. Chocolate or marshmallows? Chocolate. Chocolate. Sitcom or drama? Drama. Drama. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Oh, oh go on. Sorry. That's you, Casey, actually. Okay, Pepsi. Okay. Um, Tushar, lip ring I, or nose ring? Did we hear Tushar? Yeah, he's, he answered first. Oh, okay. Never mind. Continue. What did Tushar say? You said, I said cocaine. Oh, oh. oh okay. okay. Okay, and this isn't gender specific, but lip ring or nose ring? Lip ring. Neither? Nose, nope, nose you ring. Gotta pick one. Nose ring, nose ring. Okay. Hmm. Ring, by the way. <laughs> breakfast or brunch breakfast brunch sorry Ooh. okay okay All right. mixed reviews on most things but you know that's cool mm-hmm. yeah i think you guys got four out of five Good job. <laughs> wait, wait 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 things are <laughs> right or- not technically but we like to pick a right around answer and then just never tell you what they are so we silently judge you like to tell people they're wrong all the time so that's that's well, very fair. Uh, that's why we bring men on the podcast. It's our show. We can do whatever the fuck yeah, we want. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Doesn't tell them they're wrong. It's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, can you guys, um, just one more time, I know we talked a little bit about the show uh, for the New York Comedy Festival that's happening November 12th. Uh, that Sunday is 7.30, I believe. Um, can you guys tell people where they can find tickets? So you can find tickets on uh, the Caroline's website and also the New York Comedy Fe- uh, New York Comedy Festival website. Uh, Google ABDC at Caroline's. 
Uh, we also have a Facebook page. The probably the simplest way would be just go on carolines.com and look up November 12th at 7.30 and link for uh, uh, our show at 7.30. And there is a promo code C5OFF. Uh, that promo code will only last until the 11th, I believe, so the day before. Uh, so get your tickets soon. We sold out the last one, and we hope to do the same. Get your tickets early. That would be great. Awesome. See you there. Thanks yeah. for coming. We Yay. will also put all the links in the description of the podcast once we find them, so you guys can uh, link to everything a little bit easier and get your tickets. And uh, last but not least, where can people find you guys on all of the Internet things? Website, all of the social, internet things, media handles, that sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure this will be in the description as well. Uh, but my my it Twitter handle, U S H Y, get tagged in a lot of anal porn. Oh, fun! Fun. So tag me if you got it. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is Preston. Which is in the middle, so D E R D E P R E S S S I N G. Okay. Um, that's not really that's not really a creepy thing. I take <laughs> pictures of old people without them knowing, so that's kind of a creepy side you hobby that I have. You're pretty up close in their faces for them not knowing. Is that a real thing? Check it out. Look at it. It's real creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, if you're that close to them, they don't know. Um, then. Uh... This is a really good camera. And then otherwise for me, uh, uh, comedy.com is um, a website. Um, but, yeah. KC, I think you're on mute, by the way. Yeah, he totally is. Picture's way too creepy. <laughs> Hold him, too. I texted him. I was like, I can't follow you on Instagram anymore. Or this. <laughs> that as a compliment. Sure. Um, if you go to kcarora.com, that's kcara.com, you have access to my Twitter, my Instagram, uh, articles that I write, video clips of stand-up, et cetera, et cetera. Sweet. Sounds good. Well, so much for having us. Really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, of course. Come back anytime, you guys. On um, the 12th. Yeah, we will see you then. Or I will see you then. Maybe I'll have Tiffany on FaceTime or something. You on the twelfth? Yeah, the child. We definitely see one half of us. <laughs> yes. I can Facetime me so I can be there in spirit. I'll Facetime you, and I'll yeah. also have one of those things of your head on a popsicle stick, and I'll just like carry you around. You can be there in spirit. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, anyone is still there. I don't know why our connection is so bad. <laughs> but okay, cool. Thank you, you guys, for coming and talking to us. And thank you so much. Toodles. Thank you. We hope you liked today's episode. Please help us spread the word in our movement to open these conversations that are needed in our community. Like us on Facebook at Chai Tea Party Show. Follow us on Instagram at Chai Tea Party. And on Twitter at Chai Tea Show. Email us with comments, conversation topics, compliments, or concerns at Chai Tea Party Show at gmail.com. I know. I know. Yeah. Cali, man.